Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and it is time for a very special Christmas Q&A. So, plans fell through for your originally scheduled episode, which will still be recorded at some point in the future, but I had to figure out something to do that I could do quickly, short notice, easily, and with help from you, the Phantomaniacs. And I would like to thank every single one of you that stepped up on Facebook uh, yesterday and today to a- ask some questions for this Q&A. I have a-, a plentiful bounty of questions to answer. And, you know, normally when I do a Q&A, I'll answer however many questions take up about an hour. Uh, pardon me, just a moment. Ah, just taking a little sip of my eggnog and Captain Morgan's rum, my favorite holiday beverage, although I also like... Uh, there's a Kugel, I think it's Cranberry Shandy, something along those lines that I haven't bought yet this year because I'm recording this on November 30th. It is not technically December yet, uh, but uh, I, I like that, but this year I'm trying to not go crazy. So there's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of eggnog. I've been on the DDP yoga, as you all know at this point. I've been trying to watch what I eat. And I'm trying to not go crazy through the holiday season like I normally do. And then in January, I'm going to get really, really hardcore and see just how much I can change my health and my physique. But that is for January. Until then, uh, I'm still being responsible, but maybe getting a little crazy from time to time with some eggnog and... uh, some Christmas cookies or something along those lines. But anyway, uh, I really appreciate everybody that sent questions in, and I am going to answer every single holiday-themed question that I got on Facebook, including these questions that are coming in live right now, like this one from our head of research, Ryan Schweck. Do you think Batman gives out shitty Christmas presents? Like, everything is way too practical and is Bat-themed. That's actually a really good question. I believe there are instances of Batman giving presents. Uh, Batman the Animated Series, I think, had uh, some Christmas theme or a Christmas themed episode at least or one that took place at Christmas uh and of course the video game Batman Arkham Origins was uh Christmas themed but we didn't see the giving of any gifts there and I'm sure in the comics we've seen a matter of fact I think uh Batman Incorporated or somewhere in Grant Morrison's run on Batman I think we very they, there was a very specific Batman family Christmas thing 
but I can't honestly remember what kinds of presents Bruce gave. I will say this. Bruce Wayne is a, probably by modern standards, billionaire, right? Like, I, I think surely in the year 2020, he surpassed millionaire. And in order to keep up with the modern definition of, of the gluttonously wealthy, he's got to be a billionaire at this point. So if you know Bruce Wayne, and I would imagine since he's saying, do you think Batman gives out shitty Christmas presents? Uh, my assumption would be that there are three... Gosh, okay, so Alfred has a lot of responsibilities at Christmas. Think about this. Uh, because Bruce is not doing any of this. Alfred is the one, for the most part, probably, who's obtaining these presents, if not straight up just picking them out. So Bruce, Bruce Wayne slash Batman has three categories of gifts he has to, has to worry about. He has to give gifts to people who know him only as Bruce Wayne. So this would be like uh, people who work for Wayne Enterprises, uh, people he knows socially that he's sort of obligated to send things to, uh, corporate contacts, businesses. And again, uh, maybe Lucius handles all that stuff. But uh, so Bruce, in as corporate entity Bruce, probably yes gives shitty presents in the form of like the kind of stuff you, you like baskets of cheeses uh or covers for your seats I, I don't know why i said that that doesn't even make any sense but you know what i'm talking about the kind of stuff that you open up like a, an airline catalog the kind of stuff that's in there so those are probably the kinds of gifts that people who only know him as bruce wayne get and then there are people who only know him as Batman. and I Because I would imagine, uh, and again, there may be comic book issues devoted to this sort of thing, uh, but this question came in live, so I didn't have the opportunity to do any research or anything. So Batman, I would imagine, has some like uh, underworld contacts or maybe some homeless people he deals with from time to time or... Uh, you know, maybe he visits Arkham and maybe there's some some of the uh, inmates there that he has some sympathy for. You know, maybe he gives Poison Ivy a, a poinsettia every year because she's nuts, but she's not, uh, you know, depending on who's writing her, I guess. Uh, she's not evil. She just has a warped worldview that causes her to do things that conflict with Batman's sense of justice. Uh, so... People who only know him as Batman probably get some really interesting gifts themed to whatever their problem is. And then there are the people who know him as Bruce Wayne and as Batman, which would be, you know, Dick, Damien, Tim, Alfred, Barbara. Uh, there's a really long list at this point, I guess. Uh, and they, they would be entirely justified in expecting phenomenal gifts from this billionaire. Uh, Tim, by all means, should expect the the funds to build the greatest computer ever made, or maybe just a PS5. Uh, Damien should expect some sort of 
gift trip to a special island where you get dropped off and have to survive against a, a tribe of people that want to kill you for a week. Uh, you know, really crazy white guy billionaire type stuff. But instead, you know, he probably gives Damien a little figurine of Bat Cow. Uh, Dick probably gets a picture of all of them not in their costumes. Like, so, so to, to, to get to the point, uh, yes, yes, Batman probably gives out shitty Christmas presents. I don't think they're even anything as cool as, like, Robin Rangs or, or whatever, you know, how, uh, I think it was Tim that had the little R's that he would throw. Like, I don't think it's even that. I think, I, I don't, or even, like, a new cape. I think he tries to be sentimental and is probably really shitty at it. Uh, so, yes, I think Batman probably does give out shitty Christmas presents. All right, that was our first live question. There are more actually rolling in as I speak, but I want to get to some of the questions that were submitted earlier. And we are going to go with my pal Pete Reddington, who I've known for many, many, many years now. Uh, top three holiday films. And... I, I thought about this one, and honestly, this could vary month by month, year by year. But in 2020, as I'm answering this question, my answer is Elf, which I think is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. I have thought that since I first saw it. And you know how sometimes, you know, when you first see something, it has that halo effect, like, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. And then over the course of time, you're like, well, it's good, but there's really is other stuff that's better. I still think that Elf is the greatest Christmas film of all time. And that's saying something, because I think there are a lot of really great Christmas movies. Uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol is perfect to me, Michael Caine is incredible as Scrooge. All of the Muppets are perfect in their roles. It's delightful. It makes me so happy. Uh, I love it. I absolutely adore it. Uh, and then my third pick is Krampus, which is a, a recent entry into the, the field, I guess. But it is just great because it's... It is both an excellent horror movie and a fantastically themed Christmas movie. It has a good message at its core. As dark as it is, as grim as that ending is, the message is very much a true Christmas message. So it's a great horror flick and it's a great Christmas flick. Uh, so those are my picks. Elf. Muppets Christmas Carol and Krampus or Krampus depending on uh, what you believe uh, pronunciation wise I like Krampus because of the interview I did with Warpo Toys years ago when they were trying to fund their Don't Cuddle the Krampus Kickstarter which did not go through which still blows my mind I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand why that didn't work. But you should still go back and listen to the Don't Cuddle the Krampus uh, episode that I did because it was a really cool look at toy making. Uh, all right. Next question that was submitted uh, yesterday or today or earlier today, not live. Uh, Pete asked this, and I, I'm going to normally I don't double up, but I am this time because, like I said, these are time sensitive. So I'm answering all of the questions. 
Uh, Pete asked this, but Rebecca Perry also asked it. Best Christmas present you've ever gotten? And there is only one answer. It immediately springs to mind. I did not have to think about it at all. And that is the USS Flag. Uh, the G.I. Joe, the legendary G.I. Joe vehicle, possibly the greatest toy ever released, um, came out in 1980, oh gosh, is it five or seven? You know, listen to the Audible Interlude podcast, and those guys will be able to tell you stuff like this a lot easier than I can. Uh, I believe it was 1987. Um, so, okay, now I've got to look it up. I'm sorry, guys, I hate looking stuff up while uh while i'm talking to you but i'm gonna feel like a real dumb dumb if i get the name wrong on this thing it was 85 wow i didn't think it was that early in the line i really thought well no because it made 87 is when i got out of the line so 85 uh that makes sense that makes sense because i got a couple of good years of playing with the flag uh before i i stopped collecting gi joe uh so 1985 christmas 1985 uh, I am not going to go into the whole story, but you can probably guess a portion of it, uh, it as it pertains to the nature of Santa Claus. So, uh, the the USS Flag came from Santa Claus in 1985, and I mean, how can you even question that it's the greatest Christmas gift anybody got that year? It, it is. A seven-foot-long toy playset that you can launch the giant G.I. Joe Sky Striker airplane. It dwarfs it. Launch that airplane off of there. It's got a functioning elevator that you can put the Dragonfly on. Raise the elevator up to the flight deck. Dragonfly takes off. It's got a uh, the 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 full like tower with all the rooms and everything in it it's got a brig because of course it does uh came with keel hall uh which is kind of weird because keel hall was not the admiral on or not the uh yeah not the admiral on the show uh but still he was a great figure and this thing it had a crane it had the little uh the little vehicle to fuel up all your aircraft it was just it's the greatest toy ever made and it kills me that I put it up in my, or it got put up in my parents' attic. The hot Georgia heat just destroyed it. Uh, the thicker parts warped. Uh, the thinner parts got brittle and broke. I, I just, it kills me. But, but you know, you don't, you don't understand when you're a kid. You, you just don't, uh, you don't know how important this stuff could be later in life you don't know how special it is all i knew was it was a great big toy uh you know i really didn't have the perspective to understand just how special it was and don't get me wrong i loved it uh i thought it was really really great that i got it i knew it was a huge deal that i got it because none of my friends had it uh and i appreciated it and i played with it for for years as a matter of fact even once i stopped collecting gi joe uh it was still part of you know my my i i played with it i i kept it around but uh i, I even though it was my favorite playset ever i still didn't fully appreciate it because if i had it, it would never have ended up in the attic uh all right moving along let's see let's let's go back and check and see if there are any further live questions here 
Uh, okay. Oh, wait, we've got a whole conversation here going on the Batman question uh, that I'm going to skip over. Uh, Bob Burke, friend of the show, Bob Burke, often guest of the show, Bob Burke, who will be back on this month for our, I'll go ahead and say it, for our Christmas playlist episode. Uh, He has two questions. I'm going to answer them both. Weirdest holiday gift you ever received? Oh. Huh. Weirdest holiday gift I ever received? I don't know. I don't know that I've ever really gotten anything that that stood out as particularly weird. Uh, I'm sure that it was something from my dad. I'm sure it was something where he was trying to understand me, I guess. Like, he was probably making an effort to do something that he thought I would like and it just didn't land because that's our relationship uh I don't know I might come back to this one as my brain goes through all these other questions and as we move along perhaps I will think of a specific thing uh I can tell you the most disappointing gift I ever got that in retrospect was a great gift but I didn't appreciate it at the time, was my parents got me luggage one year. Uh, I think I was 17 or 18, and they got me a full set of luggage. And I was not in a position where I planned on doing any traveling. Uh, I never mentioned luggage in any way. And that, that was that was weird and disappointing, But but maybe not the weirdest holiday gift, but definitely one that I didn't appreciate at the time and to be honest uh, I didn't use that luggage for a very very long time because I I was not much of a traveler when I was younger Uh, which Christmas movie do you think is the worst one the worst Christmas movie Uh, it's got to be Ginger Dead Man It's, it's just a rotten piece of shit not even Gary Busey can save that movie and arian every year he wants to watch that for the needless commentary and uh i just have no interest because i watched it once and it's so bad it's so bad it's not even funny bad it's just bad bad uh all right let's move back over to the list the the pre-collected list Bobby Nash, award-winning Bobby Nash, friend of the show, guest of the show. He'll be back on sooner than later. Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Okay, so when I first saw this question, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, to be fair, I need to watch Lethal Weapon again because I haven't watched it in years. And I honestly, off the top of my head, didn't even know it was a Christmas movie or could be thought of as a Christmas movie. And I went to my movie collection, do not have Lethal Weapon, looked on the streaming services to see if it was on Hulu or Netflix or one of the things I could watch it for free on. Didn't seem to be. And then I realized, like, wait a minute. I have at least three copies of Die Hard. I watch Die Hard 
every year. I know it well enough that I did not feel the need to watch it again before I answered this question. So clearly, the answer is Die Hard. And that's not, you know, I don't want to disparage Lethal Weapon because I I definitely love that movie. But it's not, for me, for my personal taste, it's just not in the same league as Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Love it. I, I watch it every year. I might watch it as soon as I'm done recording here tonight because I have not yet watched it for the holiday season. Matter of fact, I haven't watched anything holiday themed yet. I got to get on it. Uh, but, you know, Lethal Weapon, while great, just does not compare to Die Hard, in my personal opinion. Uh, all right. Uh, another one from Bobby Nash. Do you have a favorite actor who has portrayed Santa Claus? awesome question if I was going to if I had a week between when I had asked for these questions and when I was actually going to record this Q&A I would research every actor who's ever played Santa Claus I would think about everything that I had actually seen from those actors and give a more thorough answer but having just had a day to prepare and the the first answer that came to my mind and possibly the one that I would give regardless is uh, Edmund Gwynn from Miracle on 34th Street. The original Miracle on 34th Street. I mean, I think that portrayal has influenced the modern idea of Santa Claus so much. He's so sweet and genuine and he he's Santa Claus. He just is. Uh, and there are lots of other portrayals that are great. Obviously, I, I love uh, a Kurt Russell movie from last year. I haven't watched the sequel yet. Uh, but Kurt Russell was, was a very different but very great Santa Claus. Uh, I don't know if you'd really consider it Santa Claus, but another one that sprang to mind was Billy Bob Thornton and Bad Santa. I, I love that. I, it's not he's not technically Santa, but um, you know, it's it's great. I love that movie, and I think he's great in it. Uh, and then you've got the San, the mall Santa from A Christmas Story. Uh, you've got uh, what? Oh gosh, who was it? Who played Santa? Whoever played Santa and Elf, who was kind of a gruff but loving Santa uh, I loved you know there are tons of great Santas out there so this is a question that I might revisit at some point but my answer with the amount of time that I had was Edmund Gwynn because that if you've never watched Miracle on 34th Street it's fantastic Uh, it, it could you know at differing times it could be one of my top three holiday films and I only recently I think within the past couple of years watched it for the first time but i i just love i mean it's the whole movie is is about santa and the nature of santa so i i love it his portrayal is great uh all right uh moving on to the list jamie robertson uh is die hard a christmas movie well jamie if you believe that die hard is a christmas movie then Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie. 
And and you know you could you could break things down into what's a Christmas movie, what is a movie that takes place at Christmas, what is a movie that where Christmas is a critical component. Like Elf, Christmas, it has to be Christmas for Elf to happen. For the events of Elf to happen, it has to be Christmas. For the events of the Santa Claus or Santa Claus the movie or Ernest Saves Christmas, like Christmas is a crucial part of the plot. So if that's your definition of Christmas movie, then Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Uh, But my definition of Christmas movie is any movie that has any Christmas whatsoever in it, basically. If it takes place at Christmas, if there are Christmas songs in it, then it's a Christmas movie. It's something that I will watch at Christmas time. Uh, So, yes, I believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, And then a follow-up to this one, uh, Jennifer Hartshorn, is Iron Man 3 a Christmas movie? And, of course, given my definition, yes, it is. Absolutely, and it is one that I do watch at Christmas. Uh, And, and I mean, it makes sense because it's Shane Black, and Shane Black famously uh, sets his uh, movies in the Christmas season. Uh, And then another one from Jennifer Hartshorn, Hartshorn. Uh, favorite Christmas or holiday album. I say this, I think, every year, sometimes on the podcast, sometimes maybe on Instagram, sometimes on Facebook, and I'll probably do an Instagram post as soon as I'm done recording this. My favorite Christmas album, the one that I have to listen to every year, usually the first album that I listen to every year, is Mojo Nixon and the Toad Lickers' Horny Holidays. Yes, it's irreverent. Uh... Yes, I tend to prefer keeping Christmas relatively pure. I am not a big fan of let's subvert Christmas and make Santa Claus. Like even uh, The Night Santa Went Crazy, the Weird Al song. I don't love it because I, I don't, I don't know, I'm weird about having too much non-family-friendly content related to Christmas. But this album is so perfect and so well done and so heartfelt. There's nothing mean-spirited about it whatsoever. It's raunchy and bawdy, but it's, it's full of nothing but love and cheer. And for that, I, I love it. And just listening to Mojo and his honesty about his relationship to these songs, I think it's fantastic. And, and it just has a ton of great songs on it. Uh, there are, you know, I could run down a list of incredible Christmas albums. Uh, and I'll name a few right now. Uh, that that you know maybe off the beaten path albums or, or ones that maybe you wouldn't think I would necessarily love. Uh, CeeLo's Magic Moment is one I found a few years ago. It's it's fantastic. Uh, Squirrel Nut Zipper's Christmas Caravan I just found a few days ago. I didn't even know it existed, and I love Squirrel Nut Zippers. I, I say I love Squirrel Nut Zippers as in I've got perennial favorites and uh, the one with Hell on Hot 
and uh, saw him live a couple of times when I worked at the Masquerade. Uh, I did the swing dancing thing to some of their songs. They're they're awesome. I love them. But I it, I'm not a I buy everything they do. I know everything about them guy. So somehow Christmas Caravan escaped my notice until this year, and it's mostly original songs and it's great. Uh, Willie Nelson's Christmas album is awesome. Uh, Christmas with Johnny Cash is great. Gwen Stefani's Christmas album is awesome. Uh, her, her version of Jingle Bells might be my favorite version of Jingle Bells. Reverend Horton Heat, you guys, if you don't have We Three Kings, the Reverend Horton Heat Christmas album, you're crazy. It's so good. Uh, and that's another one that I missed for a couple of years after it came out. Uh, I was actually... And, and this was maybe 10 years ago, but I was in Best Buy just looking at their Christmas albums and saw a Reverend Horton Heat Christmas album, and it blew my mind. And it's phenomenal. It's so good. There, there are so many great Christmas albums. Uh, the Elvis, there, I think Elvis has probably a dozen Christmas albums, but any of them are great. Elvis's Blue Christmas, one of the, like, that's legendary. You have to listen to Blue Christmas at Christmas time. You have to. Um, let's see. Okay, moving along. Do we have any more live questions that have come in? Hang on, I'm taking a look at uh, Facebook here. Okay. Uh, Jason Wilson. Wilson, who directed Troublemaker, who we, we really do need to uh, get together and... and get ready for the physical media release of that how do you celebrate life day in your home uh not by watching the star wars holiday special and then oz added on to that and who roasts the tip yip well that's none of your business oz okay uh let's see here uh, do, 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 do. Scott Coles. Ooh, this is a good one. This is a great question because it's particularly relevant to the Needless Things podcast and the things we talk about here. Uh, I love this question. If the major toy lines were to make a Santa Claus figure, which line would make the best one? So I, I thought about this. And first, I would like to say that Figures Toy Company makes a few different Santa Claus action figures. And I've got sort of the standard issue red suit Santa that they made. It's great. Everybody should have a figures toy company Santa. Uh, and they also do, there's a three stooges Santa Claus set where it's the stooges and Santa suits. Um, you can get two packs of, I want to say DC Comics characters with Santa Claus. Like, you can go to their website. Go to uh, Figures Toy Company's website. Just Google it. And unless I'm mistaken, you can choose from most of the figures they offer and put them in a two-pack with the Santa Claus. But their, their Santa Claus figures are must-haves. They're great. But if somebody else was going to do a Santa Claus... I have two ideas about that. Uh, if if you've been listening to the show, if you've been watching Needless Things on YouTube, uh, which, by the way, go check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Please subscribe 
there are this week I put up a review of Snake Supreme Cobra Commander from the G.I. Joe Classified line and I do not yet know what went up on Wednesday but it could very well be Christmas themed depending on how much time I have on Tuesday to film a review. Uh, but check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. So, you may know that I think Mezco's 112 Collective is the greatest action figure line of all time. I do think that. I thought it when I got their first Batman. I still think it now. As I anxiously await the arrival of Conan... And, oh gosh, I think Two-Face maybe is, is, the, is the next one. I just recently got the Tank Girl-style Harley, and she's incredible. Uh, but anyway, I think a 112 Collective Santa Claus, I mean, there's no question it would be the greatest Santa Claus figure of all time. I don't know what they would do with it. I don't know how they would make it, but it would be incredible. But I also think that NECA could do an amazing job with a Santa Claus in their retro soft goods line. Their 8-inch scale, sort of Mego-ish, but way nicer figures. And, you know, they already have done figures from Silent Night, Deadly Night, and they're amazing. But I would like to see them do, like, the Kurt Russell Santa Claus or the Miracle on 34th Street Santa. Like, I would like to see them take on just a straightforward Santa Claus. As a matter of fact, they uh, uh, should be arriving tomorrow. I'll go ahead and say it, because it may end up being Wednesday's review. Uh, you guys will actually know this. Uh, they did a Misfits Santa Claus. Like the the Crimson Ghost, from the or the Fiend, or whatever you want to call him, uh, from the Misfits. In a Santa-like robe and everything. That should be arriving tomorrow. That's awesome. I can't wait to see that. But I would love to see NECA do a, a more traditionally styled, straightforward Santa Claus in that retro soft goods line. But I, I will say, if Mezco chose to do one as a 112 figure, it would be the greatest Santa Claus figure of all time. There, there's no doubt. Uh, all right, let's see here. Moving along. Gary Mitchell, friend of the show, Gary Mitchell. Top three Christmas specials. And and I want to make it clear, for these kinds of questions, uh, if, I, if I had the time to really sit down, do the research, and look at things as thoroughly as I would if I were writing an article for the old Needless Things, which, by the way, you can find 10 years of dorkery at oldneedlessthings.com uh, if I were like writing an article or doing a full episode uh, I would do the research and I would really dig into this stuff and give you guys way better answers or, or more not better answers because these answers are real these are the answers that are coming off the top of my head uh, and I will admit there is a difference between researched answers and spur of the moment answers uh, so my spur-of-the-moment answers are John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together. It's amazing, you guys. It's amazing. I was so happy a few years ago to be able to get a uh, quote-unquote import copy since it's not available like to just buy on Blu-ray or whatever. 
Uh, it's not on Disney Plus, probably never will be. So I got myself a copy, and it's it's amazing. John Denver and the Muppets are two of the greatest things of all time. This, and A Christmas Together is wonderful. Uh, and then A Claymation Christmas, which I grew up with, featuring the California Raisins, uh, and also featuring the, the two dinosaurs uh, that are the hosts. It's awesome. Uh, I wish there was... Because you can watch it on YouTube... But I'd really like to see a nice quality remaster of it, because the the uh, the versions you can get on YouTube are like grainy copy of a VHS copy looking versions, which is probably what they are. Uh, so I I would love to have a cleaned up version of Claymation Christmas, and then uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Come on. I mean that's it's it's perfect it's perfection it 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 captures the joy and the melancholy of christmas perfectly it's beautiful uh and stay tuned for more on that on the needless things podcast uh and then honorable mention to a very murray christmas the netflix special that is something completely different and wonderful and it just encapsulates Everything that's wonderful about Bill Murray, I think. Uh, it's great. All right, let's jump back over to the live questions. Let's see here. Uh, Joseph Paul Watts Sr. Does the Tiddler like Advent calendars? I am going to assume Tiddler refers to my 13-year-old son. Uh and yes, he does like advent calendars and always has. We've made a point of getting the Lego Star Wars advent calendar for basically as long as it's existed, I think. Uh, as a matter of fact, this year... Uh, so, two years ago, I didn't buy the Star Wars Lego advent calendar because they were everywhere all the time the year before so when we first saw them in september or whenever they start showing up i was like oh well i can wait on that and then by november they were gone uh, you could not find them and i think we ended up getting a different advent calendar that year like whatever Whatever the four-stripe Adidas version is of the the uh, toy-oriented advent calendar, that's what we got, and, and it was it did not fly. So, for the past two years, the first time I see that Lego Star Wars advent calendar, I buy it, no questions. It just immediately goes in the cart, uh, and and it, since since that year they stick around until like halfway through December and, and then they burn the extras. But that one year I messed up and, uh, didn't have one, but yeah, he loves them. He, uh, matter of fact, this year, his plan is to, uh, open do on like Instagram, open it, put up the finished product and do a daily thing of it in addition to some other christmas stuff he's going to be doing on his instagram account so yes yes uh the the tiddler likes advent calendars uh all right let's see here 
Jason Frazier, uh, who I've known forever now. After working retail for so many years, did it take long for you to not dislike Christmas? Or even when working retail, did you still have the love of Christmas you have now? I'm going to assume he meant, did it take long for you to dislike Christmas? His, his assumption is that at some point while working retail working retail made me hate christmas uh that's preposterous i always love christmas i never had any ill feelings whatsoever now when you work retail at christmas it gets very very busy and it's very difficult uh it's hard times but i i always loved it i loved that busyness i loved the rush uh, as, as annoying and awful as customers can be. I love dealing with the adversity of the Christmas customers. Uh, for those who don't know, you know, Jason knows this, but you guys don't all know this. I worked in lots and lots of different kinds of retail over the years. Uh, worked in video game stores. I worked in toy stores. I worked in KB and Toys R Us, video game exchange, uh, GameStop, electronics boutique, um, I worked a lot, a lot, a lot. Hot Topic, Spencer Gifts, uh, all, all the retail. I worked at a lot of different retail stores from 1995 when I worked at Video Game Exchange all the way up through the Christmas of 2004, which was my last Christmas in retail when I was working at GameStop. So for nine years... Yeah, for nine years, wait, 2000, I apologize, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. So 10 years, 10 years of retail. Uh, and I, I loved it. I thrived on it. it. It's so invigorating. And yes, it's it's awful and painful and exhausting but you're also in the thick of the holiday spirit. Whatever the holiday spirit is, you're out there in it. You're a vital part of Christmas. And if I could go back and I could make the money that I make at my job now, going back to retail, I'd do it in a second. I miss it. I miss that vitality. I miss that energy. I miss being in the thick of that Christmas consumerism. I loved it. I loved it, you guys. Um, and, and you know, now it's, it's actually much worse because when you work retail, you don't work on Christmas Day and you get off on Christmas Eve. But now, you know, this year at my current job, I work, um, let's see, let me pull the calendar up and I'll, I'll tell you guys exactly why retail is better than what I'm doing now. Uh, I work the day before Christmas Eve. I work Christmas Eve. I work Christmas Day. I work the day after Christmas, and I work the day after that. I've got a five-day stretch, and Christmas is right in the middle of it, and it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. I, I I miss retail. I wish I could go back. I wish it, I wish I could make the money in retail that I make doing what I do now. 
Uh, and no, it never made me hate Christmas. Ever. I love Christmas and I always have. Uh, all right. Number two from Jason Frazier. Uh, top 10 Christmas-themed TV show episodes. Okay, so as I said before, you know, I could do a whole episode just on, on this question. Uh, if I had the time to sit down and do the research and really look into it and and think about it, I could give you guys the 10 greatest Christmas-themed episodes of all time and mean every word of it, but I, I, I did not have that kind of time, uh, and that's not what this episode is about. So what I did is I sat down and I looked at Christmas episodes of American television on Wikipedia. And I am listing 10 that I have seen that caught my eye as, oh, I immediately know what that episode was about. Uh, like, off the top of my head, like, oh, yes, I like that episode. As opposed to, this is just, I know this is a Christmas episode. So these are, these are 10 great Christmas episodes that I have seen. Uh, number one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer Amends from Season 3. Uh, Tales from the Crypt and All Through the House, which I believe is actually the first episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Eureka, O Little Town. Have Gun Will Travel, The Hanging Cross. Human Target, The Other Side of the Mall. Dukes of Hazard, The Great Santa Claus Chase. Glow, A Very Glow Christmas, which actually, that would make it on the list regardless of how much time I had to research and might be the greatest Christmas episode of a television show ever. It's perfect. Uh, it, you, a running theme you might notice when I talk about Christmas is I need for the heart of Christmas to be represented for for what it re what Christmas really means, which is about love and and giving. That's what I need out of out of Christmas things for them to be truly good, uh, and that episode gets it. It's great. Uh, it's Gary Shandling's Christmas Show from the Gary Shandling Show. Uh, Two two seven, the night they arrested Santa Claus, and Thirty Rock. Luda Christmas. Uh, 30 Rock had a bunch of Christmas episodes. I think they did one every season, and they were all great. And I will watch them all uh, in the next few weeks here over the course of the Christmas season. Uh, 30 Rock is one of the greatest shows of all time, and their Christmas episodes were, were always great. Uh, all right, let's see here. Thomas Benefield. Would you support a political platform that would mandate no Christmas decorations sold, displayed, and no Christmas music played until 11.59 p.m. Thanksgiving, not counting current pandemic conditions? All right, now the, obviously this question was asked with a spirit of silliness uh, to it. So my, my real answer is well no that's that's nonsense but my real real answer is yes uh look as much as i've spent the past 45 minutes talking about how much i love christmas here here's how my year plays out 
and I think I've talked about this before. Uh, Labor Day, the 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 last part of the year, the final quarter, and, and technically it's more than the final third, I guess. Labor Day weekend is Dragon Con, and that's when the end of the year starts for me. Dragon Con is crazy. Now there have been months of preparation prior to that, but Dragon Con is crazy. And that same weekend, school gets back in. Or it's probably been in for a week or two at this point. But school has just started back up. Massive events in the West household. So that happens. And basically once Dragon Con is done, things start to get a little Halloween-y. And we move towards October, which has... My son's birthday on the 27th, uh, my wedding anniversary on the 15th, and Halloween on the 31st, plus all of the general Halloweeniness that we celebrate all October long. November is a month of rest because after Dragon Con and after Halloween, I need some time off. And it would be nice. To not have as much as I love Christmas, Christmas, I put effort into it. And once I start thinking about Christmas, it's another facet of my life that requires some of my life energy to execute. So I would be in favor of keep your Christmas out of my face until Thanksgiving is done because I don't care about Thanksgiving which is why November is a month of relaxation for me uh, which kind of not because I'm getting ready for Christmas and I start my Christmas shopping in like freaking July and November is when it really ramps up because that's when you start to get an idea of what the actual Christmas requests are going to be and you can realistically bug people about, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, so there, there's that element in November. But otherwise, uh, there are no decorations involved. Uh, there's no special music that I want to listen to. There's there's nothing. There's just nothing. And I, I, I would like going into stores and not having... The admittedly joyful but also stressful specter of Christmas hanging over my head. So, Thomas, the the real, real answer to your question is not only would I support that political platform, but that might be my political platform. Uh, and then, and that is typically the day after Thanksgiving is when when I put up the the trees, when I put all the stuff outside, when we decorate the house. Uh, that's, that's when it happens. It's not, it's not December 1st. It's the day after Thanksgiving. That's when everything goes up. And I know a lot of people, uh, put up all their Christmas stuff really early this year because 2020 has obviously been a horrible nightmare. Uh, and people want some joy, but we didn't do that because my concern was if, you know, things stay special in small doses, but when you experience them for too long, they lose their specialness a little bit. So I I was adamant about we're we're now it wasn't the day after Thanksgiving because lucky me, I got to work another five day stretch around Thanksgiving, 
Uh, but my my first oh actually you know I take that back they things went up early this year I just realized that because I knew I was working that five day stretch so actually two days before Thanksgiving is when everything went up this year uh, and now we're kind of as we go along doing more and more but like all the stuff went up outside the house uh, on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving because I knew I had to work the next five days so anyway uh, yes. I would enforce that law or, or vote for that law or whatever. Uh, Corey from the Spooky Dudes podcast. Greatest Christmas villain of all time. Hans Gruber, Krampus, or the Bumpuses? Uh, okay. Interesting question. Uh, the first qualifier I have to make is the Bumpuses are from a Christmas story. And... I got way burned out on a Christmas story years ago. Um, as a matter of fact, it's been so long now that I'm kind of thinking about watching it again this year, but it has been at least 10 years since I've watched that movie, probably longer. It might have been, let's see, I got married in 2005. I specifically remember having to explain to Mrs. Troublemaker that I was not a fan of Christmas Story. It's been it's been at least 15 years since I've watched it. It might be time to put it back in the rotation. Uh, so the Bumpuses, I, I have to eliminate now because I haven't seen that in so long. I honestly didn't even remember the Bumpuses were a thing. Krampus, to me, is not a Christmas villain because Krampus is punishing people who do not appreciate the spirit of Christmas. To me, that is not a villain. That is a hero. So Krampus is eliminated. And that leaves Hans Gruber from Die Hard as the greatest Christmas villain of all time. He was going to blow up Nakatomi Plaza, murder tons of innocent people. He was a dirty shitbag who wasn't even fighting for anything. Like, he presented himself as this great... Uh, freedom fighter type person. He wasn't. He was just a scumbag who wanted a lot of money. Awful human being. I'm glad he got thrown out of that building. Uh, so, yes, Hans Gruber, greatest Christmas villain of all time, for sure. Uh, okay, this one is kind of funny, and I've got to make a qualifier here because I think what happened is the person who posed this question uh, maybe didn't totally read the the post before answering because he deleted it but not before I saw it so I'm, I'm just going to put this in anyway Greg Geller Super 7 needs to reboot Centurions I don't know what he thought the post was because the post was leave your, your holiday themed questions here I don't know what he thought it was but I don't care because this is a fantastic sentiment Yes, Super 7 needs to reboot Centurions. Can you imagine Super 7 Ultimates doing Centurions? That would be awesome. And and I think Super 7... Okay, look, check this out. Uh, now, uh, ideally, we would get Centurion... Th this is just me spitballing here. Um... Centurions were originally Kenner, maybe. Oh gosh, I gotta look it up, you guys, because this is the whole basis of my 
conversation. Why is the cartoon always what's on Wikipedia? It's very annoying. Kenner. I was right. I was right. Centurions was originally Kenner. Hasbro now owns Kenner, which means Hasbro owns Centurions. So here's my idea. Is Centurions are reintroduced as part of the G.I. Joe Classified series, like two years from now. Or maybe they do a special G.I. Joe Classified series Centurions box set as a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Something along those lines. Whatever the case, the best Centurions figures we could actually get would be mass market retail figures because those are the most likely to actually incorporate all of the Centurions, uh, their power armor or whatever it was called. And I apologize for not knowing that term off the top of my head. Uh, but all the gadgets and stuff that made the Centurions line what it was that's the most likely way we're going to get it. It's a mass market retail where it's recognized that you need all of these interactive gadgets that, that you know, you buy the figure and then you buy the add-ons, then you buy the other thing. Whereas Super 7 Ultimates, I, I think they would do really, really cool figures. But I don't know that they would be exactly what I want from the, unless they just completely redid exactly what the Centurions line was, but in the ultimate style. Which I guess sounds doable enough, but I just don't know with all the holes and the figures and the way the accessories plugged in and everything, I don't know that Super 7 would go to those extremes. Uh, I could almost see them doing reaction figures of the Centurions where without where the armor pieces, the, the add-on weapons and everything wouldn't be removable. They would just be part of the figure. I don't know. I think the, the G.I. Joe classified Centurions are the way to go. But, yes, if Super 7 got their hands on it, that would be awesome too. Uh, Alright, moving on. Matt Sex Sells, guest of the show. If you have not listened to last year's Christmas time needless commentary for Santa with muscles. I recommend you do so because Matt Sells was our special guest for that one. Someday we will have special guests again. Someday we will have commentaries again. His question Can you roast these chestnuts on an open fire? Uh, well, Matt, given the apparent quality of your wrestling gear, I'm going to guess it is not flame retardant. You probably go for the cheapest bottom-of-the-barrel gear you can possibly get, or at least it looks like you do. So I'd imagine if I put a fire under your chestnuts, you'd go up like a Yule log. So yes, I can roast those chestnuts on an open fire. Uh, Chris DiPatrillo, top five essential Christmas songs for your holiday playlist. Chris, you know darn well... That all you're doing right now is putting over next week's episode of the Needless Things podcast where we will be talking about the ideal, our needless Christmas playlist. Way to put it over, buddy. Worst Christmas specials. This was also from Chris. Uh, this one was a little tougher because it's very easy to look at a list and be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember watching that. I know that's great. I know I love that. Uh, it's a little harder to look at a list of specials and immediately know which ones are bad, mainly because, and I've talked about this before, 
for me, it's difficult to do worst of lists because I avoid things I know I'm not going to like. So I don't know that I have a lot of experience with worst Christmas specials. Uh, again, if I sat down to do research, I could probably name a few. But the one I'm going to name off the top of my head, and this may upset some people because it seems like in recent years uh, this has been sort of adopted and I maintain that it's horrible. The Star Wars Holiday Special is terrible. Like, I get that some people are, say, like, it's this kitschy thing and it's part of star Wars and we embrace it because of its awfulness and whatever. I get that. That's fine. And there are things that I, I like because of how bad they are. I have watched the star Wars holiday special. I will say three times in my life. I, because I know that I watched it as a child. I, I know that I did. I, I don't have necessarily specific memories of it, but I know that I watched it. Uh, when I found it on YouTube, I watched it a few years ago in its entirety, and it was just horrific, awful, awful bad. And then either last year or the year before, I was like, you know what? It can't be that bad. It's Star Wars. It's got B. Arthur. It's got all the actors. It's got Hamill and, and Fisher and, and, and Harrison Ford. They're all in it. It's got Wookiees. It's got Lumpy. Lumpy went on to be important in the books. I love the expanded universe. So I gave it another shot. Fully prepared to appreciate it for being a piece of shit. But it's just bad, you guys. It's just straight up bad. All right. Moving on. Matt Higgs. Is it wrong to steal slash liberate the light-up baby Jesus from outdoor manger scenes? Uh, okay, so funny, silly answer is no, of course not. It's a rite of passage for teenagers to steal the baby Jesus. Uh, but for real, true, honest answer, no, it's horrible. Don't do that. These... Uh, whether it's a church or whether it's people who have decorations out in the yard or whatever, uh, the people who have the nativity scenes outside, it means a lot to them. It, it's something that's very special to them. It's an important part of Christmas. Uh, you know, a lot of people can be really shitty about th that meaning of Christmas, and I, I don't understand it. You know, yeah, I get it. Jesus was not born on December 25th. He also was not white. And uh, I could go I could go off on a whole thing here. But uh, if somebody, whether it's a private inv individual or a church or whatever the case may be, uh, wh whoever it is, that, that nativity scene means a lot to them. It's the core of Christmas to them. And it's not cool, man. And I say this as a 44-year-old guy who's been through a lot of stuff and who's uh, had a lot of different views on those sorts of things throughout his life. And I've settled on, why do you want to mess with other people's joy? And and, and that that's what that comes down to. But the funny answer is, well, yeah, of course it's funny. 
Uh, and then Matt Higgs' other question, what is your favorite corny part of Christmas? That's that's actually tough for me to say because I don't think of anything as corny. Uh, I very much believe in the fact that there's no such thing as uh, guilty pleasures. It, it's, it's pleasure or it's not. I don't think there should be guilty pleasures. And I feel like corny falls under the guilty pleasures uh, headline. So, I mean, I could, I, I guess, if you're looking at things from somebody else's perspective, like if you if you are an outsider looking at my Facebook wall or timeline or feed or whatever it's called now, or my Instagram, I guess. The corniest thing I love about Christmas is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I I know people hate that song. I know people also hate, look, I also love Last Christmas by Wham. I love it. There are people who do this Whamageddon thing. Oh, no, I heard it. And I understand. It's just a fun thing. People don't actually hate that song. I mean, I'm sure some people hate that song, but, like, people that are doing the Whamageddon thing, they don't really hate that song. It's just a fun thing that they do. I get it. Uh, I love that song. I love All I Want for Christmas is You. As a matter of fact, I think All I Want for Christmas is You is one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time, and it blew my mind a few years ago when I found out that it's an original song by Mariah Carey. Well sung by Mariah Carey, written by probably five other, five other people or whatever. But, like, I thought that it had to be her covering an old Motown Christmas song because it's that good. It's that perfect and beautiful a song. I love that song, you guys. I don't care what anybody else thinks of it. I, every year I post it on Facebook and I get some stink face like made you post this song. Ew, this sucks. <laughs> Which by the way uh, if if you post something on social media that I don't like, you'll never know it. Because I'm not going to come into your business and tell you that something you love isn't good. I don't understand that. I think that's fucked up. And I think if you're the kind of person who will go into somebody else's business to tell them their thing isn't good or you don't like it, you're, you got problems. So, but anyway, I post that song every single year because I love it and I know it's corny and I don't, yeah, well, it's not even corny, but that's from the outsider perspective, uh, from somebody looking at a guy who has, you know, tons of tattoos and loves horror movies and punk rock and whatever other, you know, cool bullshit that I, I'm into. Knowing that I love that song may come across as corny, uh, but I don't believe anything is corny. I believe you like what you like and you should celebrate the things that you love and you should shut up about not liking things that other people love. Uh, so that that's where I'm at on that one. I, I, I guess I hope that answers that maybe. I don't know. Uh, all right, Oz, Oz, one of my favorite people on the planet, by my soulmate, who I wish was in Atlanta because I would I would track him down and hug him every day if I could. Do you have a favorite non traditional Christmas decoration? 
Uh, and I, I wasn't quite sure what was meant here. I don't know if he means something that is not at all a Christmas decoration that gets put up at Christmas, or if he means something that, like some of the pop culture stuff that we now are fortunate to have that's Christmas decorations. Like, I, matter of fact, up on, speaking of social media, I put on Instagram today, I've got a Crypt Keeper Santa Claus ornament that I bought 20-something years ago from Spencer Gifts. And I've had it in the box for 20 years because the box actually said Tales from the Crypt. It was so unusual at the time to find a horror-themed Christmas ornament. Um, you know, now you can go online and buy ornaments of like Leatherface and the creature from the Black Lagoon and, and you know, whatever and get them shipped right to your house. But back then... In 97, 98, whenever I bought it, uh, that Crypt Keeper ornament was really weird and, and special. So I don't know if he means something like that or if he means literally something that's not Christmassy that just goes up at Christmas because it has meaning to me. Uh, I don't really have anything like that. But as far as non-traditional Christmas decorations, uh, a few years ago, back when we were still able to go to Christmas parties... Uh, I would go to the Ho Ho Hornsby's Christmas Party, uh, which was was hosted by some uh, friends of mine. And they have a gift exchange. And I made... And I, this was prior to this being something that was on social media. This was years ago. Uh, this was my own invention. I didn't like see this and decide I was going to do it. My own wordplay brought to life... I made a wreath of con. Uh, I went to Hobby Lobby or Michael's or whatever and bought a bear wreath. I ordered a number of little Star Trek starship ornaments and hung hung them all over the wreath and then wrapped, uh, you know, some regular Christmas decorative stuff around the wreath and then printed up a picture of Ricardo Montalban as Khan and laminated it and cut it out to the size of the hole in the middle of the wreath and attached it. So you had this Christmas wreath with Star Trek starships and then Ricardo Montalban in the middle, and it was the wreath of Khan. I wish I'd kept it. I don't know why. Now, the Hornsby's ended up with it in the gift exchange. So I'm very happy that somebody I love ended up with the wreath of Khan, but I wish I'd just kept it. And I, yeah, I could make another one, but I guess I should make another one. I really should. But that's my, that's my favorite non-traditional Christmas decoration. And also the fact that Star Trek doesn't do Christmas. Uh, that, that's just not, those things do not, come together uh all right let's see oz you have the honor of the final question because i just checked our live feed and uh the live feed whatever hang on yes i've gotten no more questions on the live or on the facebook post so this is it this is the final question for the christmas q a from Oz, 
What is your favorite Christmas song? So I mentioned All I Want for Christmas is You. And I listen to that song every year. And I love that song. Uh, I love Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry. I don't want to get into too many songs because I don't want to name something that I'm going to end up using next week on the Christmas playlist. Uh, But I think the song that I've listened to every year I've been alive, the song that best represents Christmas to me, the one that pops into my head when I think about Christmas, the one that I have to make a point or, or one of the ones that I have to make a point of listening to, uh, if if somebody said, no more Christmas music for you, you can only have one Christmas song now for the rest of your life, which what a freaking nightmare scenario has just been presented there. Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas. It's It's my favorite. I love it. I love that song so much that I almost cry every time I hear it. And I don't mean like I'm... I just mean it makes me so happy and it's so perfect and it's so much Christmas that it it just fills my soul with so much joy every time I hear that song. I I absolutely love it. So if if there was going to be one single Christmas song... That would be the song, Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas. It's just, it's Christmas perfection. I love it. All right, you guys, that wraps up the Needless Christmas Q&A. I want to tell you that going forward, there are going to be some changes to the Needless Things podcast because of the current conditions, because of the amount of time I have to record uh, after the beginning of the year, things are going to be changed up a little bit. Uh, the 350th episode is coming up. I want your requests for what you would like to hear. My plan is for it to be an all-request episode, but I need requests for that to happen. And so far on Facebook, even in the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, which you should join right now, by the way, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, activity as far as requests go. And maybe I haven't made it clear what I'm looking for, but I want to hear from you guys. I want you to let me know exactly what you'd like to hear on the episode 350, what you want us to talk about, what you want us to do, who you want to see on the show, or here on the show, I guess. Um, so, yeah, send me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com uh, or join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group or tweet uh, needlessthings underscore on Twitter. What a, what a terrible name I chose for us on Twitter. Uh, Needless Things Podcast on Instagram. Send a message. Whatever. Uh, some way communicate that you would like to hear this on episode 350. Uh, you guys... The Christmas season has just begun. We've got a lot more great content for you. Please check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. And remember, I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.